Hey, this is Satya Kamiya. Hi, and Masha Prusso from Polygon, the leading platform building scaling solutions on Ethereum. We are on the edge of NFT, the podcast that helps you scale your knowledge about all things NFTs. Keep listening. Hey, all you NFT curious listeners. Check out today's episode to learn how Polygon is kicking its growth into an even higher gear. Which of our favorite topics surpassed crypto in search volume this Christmas season? And why a flight pass around the world with special stops at the best ski slopes would be a game-changing experience for today's guests. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. And remember, NFTLA is coming up March 28th to the 30th. It will be an unforgettable experience featuring the creme de la creme in the NFT space. Head on over to nftla.live to get your tickets as early as possible for the best pricing. And if you or someone you know wants to partner with us to co-create this special unforgettable experience, there are still opportunities to get involved. They're also going fast. So please reach out at contact at edgeofnft.com. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Sachi Kamiya and Masha Prusso of Polygon, the leading platform for Ethereum scaling and infrastructure development. Polygon recently launched Polygon Studios, a $100 million fund and the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon focused on growing the global blockchain gaming and NFT space and bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3. Sachi Kamiya runs the Polygon Ecosystem Fund, a $100 million fund that focuses on investing in projects across DeFi, Web 3.0, gaming, and NFTs, in addition to strategic investments into other projects and funds. The fund has invested in top projects, including YGG, WeNew, Blockade Games, and Splinterlands, to name just a few. Sachi also manages the Polygon Venture Capital Network. Masha Prusso is head of events at Polygon. Masha is also a partner at Story VC Fund, investing in blockchain startups and helping to boost growth with PR. She co-founded Crypto PR Lab, a leading PR firm in the space, and DeFi Trends, the data analytics platform for crypto traders. Welcome to the show, folks. It's really great to have you both here. Thank you. It's really exciting. I don't think there's been a day where I've been talking about crypto with somebody that Polygon doesn't come up in conversation, whether it's the DeFi advancements you all are leading or what's going on on the NFT front. And we're just really excited to have you both on the show to delve into that topic further and and learn about each of you in the process. And I guess that's like a great way to start the conversation is how did you each find your way to Polygon? I started with Polygon in July. I actually got introduced to the team through Crypto Parallel co-founder of mine, Alexandra Karbova. So we were running a PR firm and a fund for some time, but then it, it became with time more of a passive business for us. And then we were looking for new opportunities and to join Polygon on the public relations marketing events team was 
amazing, especially with the Polygon rising so quickly and getting so known. And I think with the Mark Cuban investing in May in Polygon, it was just everywhere. And then I met the team and my co-founder at CryptoProLab, she went to work on the marketing team of Metaplex, a Solana project. And I joined Polygon then. To give you some background, I had like a, in college, I majored in electrical engineering and then I switched over to finance afterwards. So I was at that point kind of looking for something a bit more technical. So I thought, so blockchain was actually a right fit for me at that point. I was fortunate enough to meet Sandeep like back in March, right when Polygon was actually rebranding itself from Matic into Polygon. And he kind of like converted me into crypto and kind of inspired me to pursue something within crypto. So that was kind of the first leap of faith that I ended up taking. At that point, they were in the process of like setting up this ecosystem fund. They were also just starting to set up like Polygon Studios, which is the separate entity to onboard like Web 2.0 projects into the Web 3.0 space. So that was kind of the initial like trigger or start. And yeah, it's Polygon has been growing at like an exponential pace since then. Like when I first started, I think there were like 600 or so dApps built on Polygon and now there's like 3000 or so. Yeah, it's been an incredible amount of growth. And, and one of those dApps is one of the top NFT gaming dApps in the world, right? Splinterland. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say we have some of the best, like the top protocols, like especially in the gaming metaverse space, like, you know, OpenSea is integrated with Polygon, for example. I don't think too many people know that, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. And and a similar story echoing like, hey, we've got businesses that are functional. We don't have to necessarily work with these places like Metaplex and, and Polygon, but we're just so enthusiastic about it that we want to be a part of it. That's really something that's exciting about the crypto space and the NFT space. It's just the passion and enthusiasm people can have to be working on these projects. I think we can all say that this is part work and, and, a, and a majority of fun as well. I'd like to hear about more about Polygon. I'd like to give our listeners like a little bit more of a deep dive. What would you say is most people's like first contact point of contact with Polygon? And then how do they tend to sort of go down the rabbit hole in getting involved um, with Polygon? When you think about Polygon, you think about Ethereum sidechain layer layer two solution. The Polygon basically is an Ethereum scaling solution for for the DApps development and infrastructure. So developers can use Polygon. It's much more efficient. It's much cheaper than Ethereum, more economical. The transactions are much faster than Ethereum. And for any users like me and you who do yield farming or any other kind of things in the DeFi space, they can use Polygon, for example, on MetaMask. When you go on MetaMask, you can choose between ERC20, Binance Smart Chain. You can add Polygon. It's just another chain for retail investors and crypto users. Also, when you buy or sell or mint NFTs, Polygon is also a solution for you. It's much faster than Ethereum and it's much more economical. But we're not competitors to Ethereum. We are a scaling solution. We're helping to Ethereum to be to be faster. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Any input on that, Sachi, uh, in terms of how people are integrated, find themselves being integrated with what Polygon's capable of? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's like multiple ways. Like some people may be using like some kind of a DeFi application on Ethereum. And then they notice, they realize like each transaction costs like 
$30 or $50 or so. So that would be like their initial trigger to go onto like, let's say Polygon or other solutions. Mm -hmm. Another way is also like through gaming, which I, which was the way that I was also introduced to Polygon. Like one of my friends was mentioning this application called Decentra Games, where you can play like slot machines and also some different like gambling games in, in the metaverse. So that was my first exposure into Polygon actually. Then there's also this other application called Polytrade where you can, it basically makes bets on the markets, like whether, like who's going to be the next president of the United States, for example, that's actually built on Polygon, but the user interface is so smooth that people don't even realize that it's like built on the blockchain. So I think there's really like multiple ways in which people can get exposed or end up using Polygon without even realizing it. Yeah, the gaming solution just seems like a huge one. And over and over again, we we keep getting this indicator that, first of all, gaming's already been here and it's here to stay. It's, you know, NFTs are just sort of being integrated with it. And also sort of the metaverse is growing as well. But it just makes sense, right, to have a solution. You're going to have so many transactions, you know, there's a certain point at which Ethereum just becomes unrealistic and it's just a losing battle. And it's really beautiful to have a structure that can build upon so easily like that. That's what Polygon also stood to benefit. Like, I would say Polygon was one of the earlier players versus its competitors. So, and and the pain point of building on Ethereum was definitely, you know, the really high gas prices. So as a result, a lot of these applications needed an alternative. And at a certain point, like Polygon was the only solution at that point. So then as a result, we started off early and then we were able to build out this really big ecosystem as of now. I mean, we've been familiar with it for a really long time, but, you know, it really wasn't until recently that it really started blowing up and gaining attraction in public awareness around the world of NFTs and around the world of crypto. So, you know, we love to see that name Polygon pop up in so many conversations. As Josh mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode, it's really cool. Again, big, big fans. Of course, we're all about NFTs here in this world. And so one of the things we always like to understand is like how you were first exposed to NFTs. And what was that experience like for you? Um, Was it like an aha moment for you or more of kind of a slow burn? So we always want to know that. Sachi, how about you? Yeah, I think my first exposure to NFTs was actually also like a a game built on or a metaverse built on Polygon, Decentra Games. So basically they have these NFTs where your character can like wear like a a fur coat or like some kind of a, a wearable in that game. And then you're able to basically like mine more tokens by wearing that NFT coat. So that was like my first experience with or exposure to an NFT. And that was actually before there was this whole explosion of like Steve Aoki doing like an NFT drop and and such. So yeah, at that point, I honestly didn't realize like how big NFTs would become. So yeah, that was my first exposure to NFTs. Masha, how about you? My first exposure, I think it was back in 2000. 17, 2018, when CryptoKitties became well-known and I met their founder, I think Ben, Edward Benji. So one of those founders from uh, the CryptoKitties studios uh, back in Vancouver, I visited the office. They were 100 people by then. Within a few months, they were already 200 people. So I learned about this back then in Canada. And then uh, again, about a year ago, I um, met founders of Lucky Maniki. It's sort of a cat, like a crypto cat, but it looks like their Japanese symbol of luck, like a cat with the hand. And I was helping these guys with the public relations before they gave the project to DAO. 
that's how I received my first NFTs. They were dropped on my uh, MetaMask. Then I went to the open sea and I found our two cats sitting there. I also got an NFT flower recently as a birthday present. And then I thought like, wow, that's actually a great idea to get NFTs to your friends as gifts. Right. The market had been slowing down a little bit in the world of NFTs, September, October, November, but there was a big spike in December. And yeah, we were reading all kinds of different articles about this and talking about it on hot topics that people are really giving NFTs as gifts to all kinds of folks, not just NFT lovers, but family and friends. And it's a thing. I got a Tom Brady autograph NFT from my girlfriend who was very thoughtful and it was like a surprise NFT and I had to push a button and it opened up and of course it was like his rookie card and it was pretty awesome. So it was cool. I think that did sort of kick things off and the market seems to be warming up again. So Sachi, tell us a little bit more about what you're looking at in terms of an investment thesis and how you're planning to collaborate with AAA gaming companies that are looking to break into the space. I mean, there's a lot of games and the conversation has been, how do we up the quality of these games, the user experience, attract like traditional gamers and make them realize that blockchain games are, are awesome. So curious what your thoughts are on that particular topic. I guess in terms of investment thesis, we set up the fund with the ultimate goal being basically we want to improve the ecosystem or the Polygon ecosystem. So our focus really is in investing in tier one, like triple A quality type of projects in general, because we do believe in this positive feedback loop where if we have a lot of high quality games or projects building on Polygon, then we believe that in turn attracts even more high quality games and developers and projects to build on Polygon. So that in turn, you know, ends up growing the, the ecosystem, which is our ultimate goal. We've been doing a lot of collaborations within the gaming side. We are consistently in talks with a lot of gaming companies to try to help them onboard onto the blockchain space. We're also working with a lot of the top gaming VCs, like let's say Galaxy Interactive or like Makers Fund, Transcend and such, because they, they obviously have that gaming expertise like within the traditional space. But they're also actively you know, looking to break into the blockchain space because there's honestly like so much potential, like especially on like the NFT side or like play to earn and such, there's just so many concepts or areas that, or areas of innovation. I would say those are the three areas that we've been focusing on. So, you know, obviously the ecosystem fund is a tool for us to attract a lot of these like high quality type projects. We are consistently collaborating with a lot of these gaming companies or gaming partners to help them onboard onto Polygon or at whatever capacity, help them integrate like blockchain into their into their games, and then we we're also working with a lot of like gaming VCs because they also are able to identify talent and projects that have a lot of potential. We recently were you know checking the news on things, and it looks like Polygon's acquired Project Mirror through zk Tech, and kind of curious what kind of intel we can get on how that integration plans to pan out with uh, with Project Mirror. So we've been very bullish, like ZK technology. Like we think ZK technology is basically the future in terms of scalability. And Vitalik himself has also said the same thing that in terms of ZK technology. So that's why we've been very aggressive in terms of acquisitions. Like the first acquisition we did was Hermes. Then there was also Nightfall, which is a more like enterprise ZK solution. And then there's a more recent acquisition of Mir. Like this is more like 
long term, like in terms of actually like having a workable product, like it's probably going to take a year or so to actually develop that. But we think we have an edge versus competitors, because if you look at competitors, like let's say Avalanche or like Solana, they haven't really been active in terms of like acquiring a ZK technology company. Within ZK technology itself too, there's not that much talent. It's like very rare. Like there's not that many people who who get a PhD specifically within that field. So I think that really puts Polygon at an advantage versus its competitors in, in the long term. It's a very forward thinking, as we've seen from Polygon, you know, as you have mentioned from the start, being in early on things and also being forward thinking about what's to come. Uh, so, and so speaking about forward thinking, like what else is on the roadmap for Polygon that you guys are excited about? Like, what can you tell us? You know, maybe something that's around the corner that hasn't been that publicized yet. To continue regarding the ZK rollups, what's exciting is that we're, apart from all these companies such you mentioned, we also acquired the Maiden, it's another ZK rollup protocol. And our goal and the mission right now is to deploy the full $1 billion for the ZK rollup technology. And I think about half of it is already deployed. So we look for more companies, more developers in the ZK rollup space. So any developers listening to this podcast and working on ZK rollup technology, Polygon is the answer. Come to us, talk to us. We'd love to help you see what you guys are building. So I think ZK Rollup is one of our biggest focus these days. Also gaming, NFTs, gaming, uh, play to earn. And what I've been seeing recently from AA, AAA gaming companies is that they're a bit reluctant to come to uh, blockchain and crypto and give trust. Also because of the prices that sometimes if they would use blockchain, it will cost them $100, $200 on Ethereum to, to use NFTs in their games and to, to use blockchain. But if they turn to Polygon, they straight away, all these fees are pretty much waived. So millions of dollars will be saved. So we also call to, to Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony to look more into the blockchain gaming space and to use Polygon. Anything in way of products uh, that you'll be releasing or features that you'll be releasing um, as it relates to the Polygon platform? It will be in the news. Given the size of the platform and the capabilities right now, it makes sense to start to do what you're doing in terms of bringing on folks like ZK Technology and others to add to the team, to add to the capabilities of the company and just continue to grow. So that's pretty exciting. Just to take a step back, we kind of heard about how you guys got into this space and, and what you're excited about with, with Polygon. Would love to sort of look around and ask a little bit more about what excites you in the industry as a whole with NFTs. Are there any projects that you're inspired by? Anything in sort of the future of metaverses and NFTs that has you pumped? I'd love to add like the interoperability of metaverses. Like I, I never really thought about this, about like one metaverse, like like being connected to, to another metaverse. Like let's say like Sandbox being connected to like Decentraland and such. That's actually already in the works and it'll be the same with NFTs too. Like technically there's some projects that are also working on being able to transfer like an NFT from one metaverse to like to another metaverse. So I think that's something that's really exciting. In terms of the industry as a whole, I think 
I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen in the next cycle. So, you know, when there was initially the first hype with NFTs, I thought it was pretty like two dimensional. Like there wasn't really that much utility for, for those NFTs themselves. So then there was that first hype where like a lot of these celebrities were doing these NFT drops and then NFTs and gaming kind of went quiet for a little bit. Then there was a second cycle where you saw a little bit of innovation within the NFT space. Like some of these NFTs would have utility or like if you hold this NFT, you're able to like attend certain events or like be able to mine certain coins. So like there was another dimension added to these NFTs. So I'd be curious to see like once we pass like this cycle and then go into the next cycle, like what innovations there will be like within the gaming metaverse and also NFT space. But yeah, it's definitely like a very exciting place to be because I've, like I said, when I first joined, there were only 600 dApps built on Polygon and now there's over like 3,000 or so. So it's growing at a very exponential pace. Also, I'm pretty excited about the metaverses and the different wearable items where you can wear different things that on the metaverse, you can sell them, buy them, the brands uh, like Adidas, Nike, Dolce Gabbana, which was actually launched on uh, Polygon for Dolce Gabbana, they are getting into the space and we will have like our own avatars in the metaverse. And actually Polygon is doing a metaverse event. It's going to be a really big event with Kevin Hart, with some of the celebrities talking in this event. So it will be cooperation between Polygon and some of our gaming NFT metaverse projects, our own uh, Metaverse Fest will definitely let you know when it comes, maybe in a few months. I'm also excited about their different artists who can perform in the Metaverse. There is this company, Animal Concerts, and they organize the shows. I was recently in LA, actually, for Alicia, Alicia Keys' uh, private concert, the one who sings this famous song, New York. And they stream those concerts of uh, big artists and they put it on the metaverse and the, for artists it's another stream of the revenue they don't have to travel far away to make million dollars singing on the stage anymore they can be just at home in front of their zoom screen and perform so this is pretty uh, revolutionary I yeah think, yeah as well we love those guys at Animal Concerts and definitely looking to collaborate with them in the near future. So we'll be able to share that news with our listeners, but but they're great and what they're doing is really revolutionary. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We had a great time with Buster Rhymes out in Miami. That was a fun party put on by, uh, by that crew. So shout out to Animal Concerts. Love you guys. So many cool things, huge fans of Polygon and everything that you're doing, really exciting times. It pumped also to see where so many of these acquisitions and collaborations end up going for the company. I think it can really take you, I mean, you're already on a rocket ship and you've been on one for a while now, but I think it could take you to a whole other level. So really excited about that. Hey there. Want to know which NFT mints are taking off? Would you like to know about them in real time while they're still taking off? What about tracking NFTs before they launch and seeing which ones are gathering a real Twitter following or boosting their discords? Which ones are hot and could take off like a rocket because so many people are excited for their launch? Mythia, a forthcoming NFT project themselves, have built both of these tools for you even before they've launched and it's free just because they're cool like that. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Mythia to find out more. That's M-Y-T-H-I-A. Find out 
any upcoming NFTs Discord and Twitter growth trajectory and which mints are happening in real time so you can jump on if you see them taking off. Go to edgeofnft.com slash mythia to find out more. M-Y-T-H-I-A. Yes, it's free. I'm heading there now myself. Wanted to shift gears a little bit and get your personal perspectives on some questions. These are our set 10 questions that we ask every single episode. They're called Edge Quick Hitters, and they're just a fun, quick way to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, We're looking for short, single word or few word answers, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. You guys ready to dive in on these? Yeah. First question. Number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Sachi, let's start with you. A ticket to Mexico. <laughs> that was for a vacation or for uh, business? Anything in particular you could share? Yeah, it was like back in college, like over Thanksgiving. It was, you know, a spontaneous trip that I decided to do with, with some of my friends. Um, uh, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, how about you, Masha? I think I bought milk in the store. My parents would send me and give me five rubles and say, oh, can you buy the milk on your own? I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's cool. If you were the other guest we recently interviewed, you would have gotten the sweetened condensed milk and drank it all yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two, Sachi, what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? It's pretty plain. When I was a child, I would like, like to bake a lot of like brownies and like cookies and all that. So I would think the first thing I sold was like, I made a batch of brownies and just brought them to school and sold a couple to my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Masha, how about you? I remember very clearly my little enterprise in the Caucasian mountains in Caucasus near Russia. So I was about 14 and I was on the Russian national snowboard team. I took part in Winter Olympics and snowboarding half pipe. We had to go every summer for like camps. And I went to a camp and I would finish the training about one hour earlier. I would start it early and finish a bit earlier. And I will go, I will walk to a store for about 30 minutes. I'll buy a bunch of sneakers and piroshki. It's like a a Russian little dumplings and bring it to the team. And I'll sell it and make a margin. And all the team is tired, sweaty after snowboarding all down the mountain. Then they come to the uh, Airbnb or hotel. We usually have no food. We have to go to restaurant. So before we go to restaurant, there's another three hours. Everyone is so hungry. So me coming back from like all this tree with sneakers and all the stuff I can get in the store and selling it to everybody. And then they would be like, oh, why are you selling it to me more expensive than in the store? I'm like, yeah, because I walked all the way back and forth and that's my business. And uh, everybody bought and I was always sold out. So that was cool. I love how you described it as an enterprise out of the gate, right? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three, Asachi, what is the most recent thing you purchased? The most recent thing I purchased, it's actually an Oculus for my boyfriend. Yeah, I figured I was relevant since, you know, Metaverse. And he's also like working within crypto. So yeah, it was really cool. Honestly, like I really do think the Metaverse is a future because like this is really like the second, I guess this is the Oculus 2. Like it'll be really cool to see what happens with the Oculus 3 or like 4. Because like there's so much room for improvement for the technology. So it's the same with like phones, right? Like the initial versions, like there were so many improvements and then came the iPhone. So it'll be really cool. Like once we reach that point with like these VR headsets. Oh, totally. Yeah. Game changer for sure. Once we get there. Masha, how yeah. about you? I recently got my first car. Oh. I only have an instruction permit. So I need to have somebody sit next to me. 
But I got a car, so I'm very excited about that. Congrats. Nice. That's awesome. Very cool. Question number four, Sashi, what is the most recent thing you sold? I don't have an apartment right now. Like I had an apartment over in New York and then it actually kind of expired like back in August. So ever since then, I've been kind of just roaming around, like <laughs> crashing at my boyfriend's place or like traveling. So now I'm in Dubai for a couple of months. So like I sold one of my cabinets and also like my bed from that apartment. So that's the most recent thing I sold. Okay. Right on. Makes sense. Masha, how about you? I definitely sold some tokens on MetaMask from the project <laughs> that released the tokens. Yeah. I think it was Cedus. Uh, Cytos, this gaming project, which was really hype. Oh no, I definitely no, I kept Cytos tokens because I think they'll go up. There was very little amount. I sold Soul Chicks. I sold half uh, of the Soul Chicks uh, that I had, and I bought bought Solana at hundred fifty dollars. Then it went up. So I'm very glad I sold the Soul Chicks. Question number five, Sachi. What is your most prized possession? My most prized possession is probably my i'm not wearing it right now but one of my other necklaces it's basically a japanese character which means like happiness and it's also my name so that's my most prized possession yeah oh, awesome masha how about you this is my most prized possession ah there it is it's, it's an iphone <laughs> yeah right on <laughs> Live and hard die to by imagine it. hard to imagine life without the phone these days yeah, we were talking before about just being being uh, without internet access and just what the impact that has on our lives now mm-hmm. and ability to get things done. It's amazing how far things have come. Question number six, Sachi. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? I've heard about these passes like where on United. I think it costs like 10 or 20K or something, but basically you can get like unlimited like flights to anywhere in like business class also. So I think that's, that would be something that I would get for myself because I love oh, traveling. So. Oh, that sounds like a perfect one. Masha, yeah. how about you? I would buy a mountain somewhere in Colorado or around Whistler and set up a nice ski resort over there or, and have a snowboarding ski school on this mountain. Question number seven, Sachi. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? I'm not sure this is this is a personality trait, but like empathy, like you know, being yeah. able to understand other people's like perspectives or feelings. And I think that just comes from me living in Japan and like being different from everyone else. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to adapt and also understand other people's like perspectives. So I would say that that would be the personality trait it's a to great pass one. on. That's a great one for sure. Masha, how about you? Being responsible and standing for your word. If you say something, you do it. So that's, I think it's an important one to grow for, for people and for things to work. Question number eight. Sachi, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Stubbornness. One of my assets and also downfalls could be that I sometimes I can get very... I work very hard to get to the end goal, but sometimes if, if I can't get to that end goal, then I start to become very stubborn and like frustrated with myself. But yeah, I think that would probably be something that I have to balance out more. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one to balance, yeah. that's for sure. Masha, yeah. how about you? If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I think impatience, that it's good to be patient, like things come in its mm-hmm. own way. 
and I'm pretty impatient. I want everything in right now. Sometimes <laughs> it's good because like it gets things done, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's just like, just be patient. Question number nine, Masha, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was working here at WeWork, drinking tea. I also went to an IV lounge to get an IV. It's when you do vitamins and all kind of uh, like biohacking things into your veins. I'm pretty big on IVs and I try to do it every month. I think oh, it's right amazing. Sachi, how about you? What did you do just before joining us? I was looking basically at the Polygon like ecosystem founder studios portfolio and kind of keeping track of like which projects have already like had their token generation event <laughs> and kind of just looking at how, how much we've, we've made per project. That yeah. sounds pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. All right. Question 10, last one. Amasha, what are you going to do next after the podcast? I'll get my Thai food delivered and then have a call with their, with a life coach, then go home. Sachi, how about you? I'm probably just going to go watch some Netflix <laughs> and relax uh, a bit. Right yeah. on. Right on. Are you like knee deep in a particular series right now or anything? I watched the entire first season and second season of Witcher. I don't know if you guys have seen that series yet, but it's really good. It's like pretty addictive. So awesome. I recommend it. All right. That's it for Edge Quick Hitters. Appreciate your answers there, guys. It was a lot of fun. Hey, real quick, check this out. For those true fans who pay close attention to Edge of NFT, we're experimenting with some fun new rewards. You can get a free POAP NFT. That's a proof of participation NFT from us by going to our Discord, edgeofnft.com Discord, and reaching engagement level 6 by January 31. Log on now and get started. Go to edgeofnft.com Discord. Jump in, have fun, learn something, and get your free POAP NFT. There's only 50. Also, if you're the first to get one, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Got topics? topics? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We got a couple. Let's hit it. First one, Lynx DAO NFT sale books the first 10 million toward buying an actual golf course. All right. Well, maybe this is your way to your mountain, Masha. We'll see. Country clubs and NFTs collided Sunday when LinksDAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, became one step closer to buying its own crowdfunded golf course. DAO successfully sold out all of its debut collection of NFTs, raising $10.5 to fund the project's operation. Further capital will have to be raised to buy the actual golf course, said project lead Michael Dudas. I've noticed this, I'm sure a lot of people have, that it's like NFTs have sort of turned into this sort of interesting next level Kickstarter, right? I mean, it's certainly a lot different than Kickstarter, but it does offer, you can basically integrate everything there is within a Kickstarter campaign into an NFT project and more, right? And do all sorts of cool things with it. So what do you think, Masha? Should we do this for your ski resort? Mm, that would be amazing. <laughs> this seems like a natural combination. You've got old regime, sort of old country club sort of concepts, and you've got this Web3 crowd that wants to upset the apple cart. So I'm not really surprised about this. I've heard ruminations of people I know that wanted to do this. I don't know if they're part of LinksDAO or not. If they are, congrats. If they aren't, there's still room for many more country clubs to turn into to DAOs. But, but yeah, I mean, I think this is interesting. I just saw an article 
someone's trying to buy Blockbuster from one of the DirecTV, I think, owns it right now and turn it into a streaming service again. These are fun examples of what's possible with Web3. A lot of these ideas actually float around whenever I go to a lot of these like crypto conferences. Like I remember one of my friends mentioned like creating a DAO where, where they would buy a castle. And basically like this DAO would have these tokens, which would represent like ownership of part of that castle. And people would just come together and hang out at that castle, which I thought was a really interesting idea. I know like in terms of other things that are more common, like one of my friends is working on this house called Alpha House. So basically it's like a working space and it's based specifically in like New York. And it's a place for people to kind of like come together, hang out, share projects or ideas within the crypto space. So yeah, it's a very common idea. I've seen a lot of people work on that, especially like a general like common area for working together or like, it's basically like a a WeWork, but in the Web 3.0 space. Yeah. Also, if you think about those DAOs purchasing things together and you think of just how normally we've been doing it, for example, there is a Temple of Light temple at a house in Tulum. I think there is about 50 owners. Everybody put a little bit of money, then they renovated it and they sold it for, they're going to sell it for 3x uh, the amount of money they put for renovations and the cost of the property. And it's 50 of them and maybe 10 main managers and the 40 investors. And they have the Temple of Light in Tulum. But what's the difference between this Temple of Light being acquired by these people and being managed by this community and DAO? Like, I don't see a difference. I just hope these DAO property ownership groups can do an improvement upon my condo association. That's all I'm saying. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> we can only hope. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get on to the next one. This one's really cool. Global search interest for NFT surpassed crypto for the first time ever. For the week ending on Christmas, global searches for the term NFT have surpassed crypto according to Google Trends, right? The sharp increase in search traffic for NFTs offers clear indication that digital collectibles have entered mainstream consciousness with transaction as OpenSea, most popular decentralized platform for NFT auctions, and drops surpassing 10 billion. I guess what's interesting to me about this is that We've seen this has been an incredible year for NFTs. And in some senses, I think, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm wondering like, what's going to happen for 2022, right? Is there going to be a new something else that captures people's attention and sort of takes the stage? And it's interesting to see that it's almost like there's evidence here that maybe we're just getting started with the exposure NFTs are getting in mainstream culture. It's a good segue to NFT LA, Ethan. March 28th to <laughs> 30th, we'll be discussing what's springing up in the spring for the NFT future. But that's really remarkable news. Not something I would have expected necessarily this year, but NFT is one of the new words being added to the dictionary. And I think the big brands joining the foray at the end of the year is definitely a sign of interesting things to come. You guys follow stats like that? Masha, I know DeFi trends is a big part of your history there. Like, how do you look at like, you know, key words like this that come up in your day-to-day life? For the DeFi trends, we're looking into social media, media, Twitter, Telegram, all kinds of apps and see we have AI mechanisms. 
we have data scientists, analysts, robots doing it and seeing whether it's bullish or bearish, depending on the crypto and what's going on with the NFT space. We're partnering right now with some of the cool projects in the space and provide them data analytics. So if anyone is interested in a free analytic for your company, your exchange, your platform, I reach out to Joshua and he'll connect you to DeFi Trends. Just in general, I mean, I'm reading the I'm reading the news. I like reading what Misari has into the blog and just seeing what are the trends. Like right now, the NFT, the DAO, the big trends, what's next. It's exciting to see what's going to be the next big thing. NFTs are a way to kind of onboard more people within the crypto space. Like I think before it can be hard to wrap your head around like what DeFi is. Unless like, I guess for me, it was a bit more intuitive because, you know, I was working in traditional finance and I know like what it means for like what APY is or what a bond is or what interest rates are. A lot of that lingo also like transfers over in DeFi. And I don't think the average person necessarily uses those terms. But I think NFTs are like a really easy way to just like wrap around your head like just having an image on on your phone and showing it around your friends like that's a lot easier to do like you can't really just show your ethereum to your friends i think nfts are a way to really like onboard like the mass population which i think is really the next step with crypto because i don't think it's really reached like mass adoption yet yeah i think that's part of why like even some of the projects that are just pure fun. Some of the PFP projects or other projects where maybe there isn't much utility even, but just fun because that gets people into the space. That's the door, right? That you walk through and then you start to go down the rabbit hole and everything changes once you do that, I think for most people. So that's what it's about to me. I always remember when we had Major Dream Williams on the podcast, he said something interesting around what you just said, Jeff. He said, follow the cool. You know, you can't buy cool and all the monies will always follow where the cool is, right? It's interesting to keep track of that. All right. Is that it for Hot Topics for today, folks? We talked about a lot of things today and we know there's tons of fans and followers and many people that maybe weren't as familiar with some of the cool things you guys are working on at Polygon. Where should they go to stay abreast of everything that's happening there to follow all the ins and outs? I would say the first way is to follow some of the co-founders on Twitter. I think that's where basically where all crypto lives. There's also Raphael, who's one of my colleagues. He, he leads a lot of like data analytics on Polygon and he posts a lot of interesting stats in terms of like a couple of months back, like maybe two months back. I remember he posted something on Twitter about how the number of daily active users on Polygon surpassed Ethereum, which is incredible. So I would say like Twitter is definitely what, like one way to get more immersed within the crypto space and also learn about Polygon. And then we also have a blog site where we consistently post like new announcements or like developments that are happening within Polygon. There we also went into detail about our mirror acquisition, for example, and what that means for Polygon and like what the technology itself is. So I think that's also a very useful resource. Those are the two sources of information like Twitter and also the Polygon blog website. Right on. 
Very cool. Look, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that'll make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And remember, we always invite you to co-create and build with us at Edge of NFT. We're unlocking a whole new way to connect and collaborate through our own NFT drops, Spirit Seeds, leading to Living Tree NFTs, which will light the way to our event, NFT LA, a one-of-a-kind, immersive, and unforgettable experience at LA Live in Los Angeles, March 28th to March 30th. Check it out at nftla.live and move quick on early bird tickets as they are now live and selling out fast. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.